Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. So, Bree, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if, if if you were wanting to start the show, but uh, I was just wait, wait, wait! What? I need to say something. Oh, what? Oh. What? what? Run, Frank! <laughs> Run! Seriously. He's not home yet. He's gonna come home on the show. Oh, he's gonna my come God. home on oh, the show, <laughs> and I have tricked Frank in advance because he's like. Oh, I'm so tired from filing this patent application. I'm I'm going to stop at McDonald's. I'm like, Frank, the first thing I need you, I'm so hungry. As soon as you get home, just walk into the studio and bring me my McDonald's. So, oh my so God. I'm so Wait, wait, wait. Okay, first, first let's tell everyone why Frank needs to run. Uh, hopefully yeah, he's good that's... at dodging and ducking and diving and ducking. The just monkey like, flies you know, alone. Here, the here. monkey Come on! Listen, Come on! listen to the purr of this engine. Oh my god! It sounds like, uh, like uh, I don't know, uh, not a chainsaw, but what are those like smaller chainsaw like tools that they use to cut through metal during demolitions? Yeah. That's Trouble. what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, that's what it's gonna feel like on Frank's face too. Oh, no, you can't hit him in the you? face, please. Oh, yeah, you've got to. <laughs> no, you've got Green. to. Green. Can I hear what it sounds like if you like hit the wall with like what, like is it a semi-automatic? Oh, no, Georgia, I haven't fired it yet. I'm saving that for <gasps> Frank's face. What if it like, hurts I want him? the first time to oh, be special? I, okay, can, I, can yeah. I hear just one shot so that I can have the anticipation of what Frank's going to go through? Okay, okay, fine. Okay, fine. fine okay. okay, I'm really go, worried Georgia. about Frank's eyes. <laughs> oh, oh my God! You <laughs> can't do that to his face. You cannot can. do that to his face. I can. Here's a true story, Micah. I have played so many light gun games where you have to shoot things in the face that I can't not shoot things in the face. Like, even if I'm trying not to shoot things in the face, I shoot them in the face. I'm having genuine anxiety right now. I'm going to have to, like, pull off of here and go watch some Anxiety Dash videos because I'm worried about Frank's eyeballs. All right, does Frank all wear right. glasses? I forget. Yes, he does. Oh, thank God. Oh, God bless. Thank Those God. won't. I hope they weren't expensive glasses. <laughs> do you know how fast do they go? How fast? One hundred feet way? per like... second. <laughs> and that's before I crack it open and put lipo batteries in there. No, so... you cannot do this. Yes, I can. It's got little eighteen gauge wire in it, and you just crank it open and put lithium uh, polymer batteries in there, which are what they use in RC cars because they have very, very fast discharge. And, like, you can wire this thing to be powerful enough to shoot through a Coke can. So, Georgia, you realize you're responsible for this. <laughs> this is why I'm telling Frank to run. This is, this is your fault. <laughs> but there's a little bit also, like, I have a little bit of that, like, um, 
um, morbid curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's oh, awesome. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> so just just okay. so listeners know, Georgia, just in case you missed an episode or two, if you did, shame on you. <laughs> right. But if you did, uh, Georgia smuggled me some weaponry across uh, state lines, and she uh, she sent me a very rare Nerf gun uh, that's not available here in the United States. It's called the Nerf Nemesis, and it is literally a game-breaking primary changer because it's a it's a Nerf gun that has 100 bullets inside of it, 100 uh, high-impact rounds, and it's fed through a hopper. So, like, as you're firing the 100 rounds, you can just dump more ammo into it. As you're firing, you just never run out of ammo. It's amazing. It's available. We're going to get video. It's available yeah. in Canada because they trust Canadians to not hurt people with it. But here in the United uh, States, we... But you can get, like, a real semi-automatic gun in the U.S., but you can't get this Nerf gun. That is it. Yet in Canada, we can't, we can't do that. And yet I, I can get this Nerf gun. It just seems a little bit, I don't understand. That's very well, true. That there is, it is. That, There you go. There's the U.S. in a nutshell. Uh, so should we should we talk about... Let's get the, right to it. Let's get cool. to it. We are going to talk this week uh, because WWDC is coming up yeah. next week. And we're all excited. So I have asked everybody to bring a topic or a, a, a guess of what they think they'll see at WWDC for sure and what we wish would happen at WWDC or maybe something that you absolutely know is not going to happen. But by golly, it would be great if Tim Cook said, hey, we're bringing this to market. So I will go last. Okay. And Can uh, we also like go down through some of the rumors super quickly oh, absolutely. and just say if like, I, I'd love to keep a score and see like who's right about what. So Ooh, yeah, yeah, we could okay. do that too. Okay. Um, Brie, let's start with you. I mean, what do you expect to see at WWDC, uh, like from the rumors and from the things that, you know, you, you wish would be there? So I haven't heard anyone talking about this, but, you know, after San Bernardino this year, what I want to see at WWDC is uh, a lot of talk about encryption and best practices for encryption mm. and using the iOS ecosystem. And that's what I want to see. I want to see us talking about hard issues, you know, um, when the FBI captured the uh, laptop of the guy that set up Silk Road. Uh, you know, mm. this is a guy that basically made an Amazon of selling drugs. Uh, he used Bitcoin and Tor to basically evade authorities. But when they did that, one of the ways they were able to get uh, his information, you know, glad they could, but it was going through the computer RAM and getting his password from it. And, you know, this is a vulnerability that exists to a certain extent in Mac OS from some papers that I've read on it. So I want to see us talking hardcore about security and encryption, because I think, especially in the Trump era, we just cannot trust the government at all. So. I I think that's very well put, and I absolutely okay. agree that that's something Great. we we need to work on. Um, so yeah, I I hope that we we do talk about uh, encryption. And I'm curious. There there's been, of course, a rumor that 
Apple is this year going to announce hardware at WWDC, which is a rare thing. It happens occasionally, but it's not always the case because for anyone who's listening who might not know anything about WWDC, it's Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference where they mostly talk about new software that's going to be announced. And uh, the rare occasion when there's hardware as well is always one where everyone says what I'm saying right now. Oh, they're going to announce hardware at WWDC. So any hardware predictions any hardware hopes that you have, Bree? I mean, I'd love to go down the list of it. Can we like just go down a list of it and get everybody's opinions on it? So, yeah, we'll, we'll start yeah. with a Siri speaker if you want to. So yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah, there's rumored to be this device called the Siri speaker. It's kind of like a home hub, and it will connect with Apple's HomeKit platform, which of course gives you connection to uh, different smart devices made by third-party companies, so lights and and thermometer, or rather thermostats and cameras, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and. And on top of that, it's rumored that it's going to have a special sort of surround sound system. And that's how Apple is trying to set itself apart from the rest of the market, where other devices that we have, other smart speakers that are out there like Google Home and and, and, uh, Amazon Echo don't have quite great speaker systems. This one's alleged to have that. And it will also be able to use, uh, you'll also be able to use Siri with it. So you can communicate to Siri using this device that's in your home. So are we excited about this? Is this something that you want? Everybody, what do you think? (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Georgia! (laughs) Georgia Dow! Georgia Dow! You punked um, us. (laughs) Well, the the most interesting part is that you're going to have to change your house power sockets um, because your AC power plugs that we use right now uh, aren't going to fit. It's going to have three dots that are going to go across the side, and so everyone's going to have to change one house plug in their house. Uh, so I was like, I'm, I don't annoying. understand what's happening here, but now I get it. Apple and its proprietary <laughs> plugs. Thanks, Georgia. <laughs> downer. Um, She's just the downer. So my well, opinion on this, this is I think it's going to come. I don't think it's going to come at WWDC. You know, WWDC is not a consumer show. And I think the best example of this is they brought, they debuted the Mac, uh, the MacBook Pro at WWDC because that is a very, you know, it's a very developer time. Uh, so I think like to me, the differentiation, if it's going to be at the, you know, iPhone event in the fall or at WWDC, it's like, is this a consumer product or is this something that's aimed at developers? To me, this is like the perfect device to you know, debut alongside an iPhone. So I think it's coming. I just don't think we'll see it next week. I think that we're probably going to see it next week just because people get so, um, <laughs> jaded about WWDC and they're like like there's some people that are like really excited about new software and in the end that's what we use so I think that we should be kind of excited about new software but I, I don't know I think that we could see this coming out because it would give us something to talk about and then we could talk about you know Siri and hopefully Siri will also get a nice happy upgrade where uh, she's more useful not, I'm not being disparaging to Siri, uh, but I am. You're talking smack. I am. I am. Bring it, Siri. <laughs> what well, do you think, Siri, Micah? I'm talking smack about you. 
Uh, so here's what I think. Uh, you know, Apple's products are are great on their own, but I think the thing that sells most of the products that people use, things like the iPad and the iPhone, which by far are more purchased than, you know, MacBooks and, and uh, perhaps even Apple TVs, uh, those mm-hmm. devices are made popular by kind of the status symbol, sure, and they, you know, it's good hardware and stuff like that, but it's the software that comes on the devices that we use every day, the software made You're by right. third parties. And I think that this series smart speaker, you know, anytime Apple creates a new kind of product category, uh, I th- I, AirPods don't really count in this, but when TV, when the TV came out, when Apple Watch came out, these devices require uh, to be truly great products. They require stuff from third parties. And whether that just be tie ins, uh, like, the fact that Siri can communicate with Uber and, and other uh, ride-sharing apps and stuff like that, or it's actual apps on the actual device, developers, 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 uh, are what make these devices great. And so I could see Apple announcing the Siri smart speaker next week if there are going to be opportunities for developers to create stuff because it gets developers excited and thinking about what they can do with this device. And that's going to be even more of a reason why people will want to buy it. I agree with you, Bree, that this is a consumer product. I think, though, that part of what makes uh, all of Apple's products popular for consumers is the stuff, the really cool stuff that third party or rather that developers are making. So yeah, yeah, there, yeah I think that's the trick, right? Because it's got to like work with developer ecosystems in the wider sense. So that would be the one caveat where it would make sense to bring this to WWDC, right? So uh, I, I think it's possible. I'm just betting no. So <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, okay, wait, wait, can we, can we go through? Um, so what, like say that it is, it is brought out WWDC. Or right after, fair enough. Um, I have two questions. So one is, would it have to be better than, um, you know, uh, Echo and uh, Alexa? Like, would, would it actually have to be better and give more features in order to be a successful product? Or will people be okay with it if it does less than? And two... What do you think that it will be called just because oh. Siri speaker sounds so oh, sad? Hold on, y'all. Um, Frank is here. Oh, so. oh my God. Oh, my God. Shh. I'm oh, praying. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, George is not here yet. You can take a seat. Oh. Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. How are you doing? Oh. oh your patent? My patent application to the. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Wait. If we're eating McDonald's, there's only one thing I think of to make it better. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah! I love America! I love America too, Frank. Oh my god! <laughs> to be an American! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a free animal! An American with a Canadian weapon is destroying Frank right now. It just keeps going. Frank, are you alive? I'll get you. Oh my God, she's not even in the room. She's chased. This is not okay. Are we going to see bruises after? I'll feel bad if they're bruises. 
I'm so worried about his face, The worst face, part is Georgia. I said I'd, I'd feel bad if there's bruises. <laughs> right. It's okay if there's no bruises. There's no proof. That was amazing. Oh, my God. Is he... Is, <laughs> is he okay? Oh, good. I hear okay. Phew. Give me that. No, don't, don't eat my hamburger. You're hungry, aren't you? Ooh. You're so hungry, Okay, you? okay. Do what you got to do. Your food's getting taken away. He's taking away your Bree's like, I've got some Soylent in the fridge. Where they stand, no one free. All right, get out of here. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> Bree, you, you, you claim to be proud to be an American, but you used a Canadian weapon to destroy him. Uh, Nerfs are made here in America, or at least by Hasbro, which is an American company. So, yeah. Frank, did that, what, what did you think about getting shot with it? People are curious. What was it like? Was it was terrifying? Like, oh, just um, get shot a couple of times and then she'll be empty. Wait. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh, God, look at all that. That's right. Hey. All right, all right. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay, let's talk about WWDC. What's uh, up behind you? Love you. <laughs> oh, man. I sincerely hope that he eats your burger. Uh, I want to see. I wanna- <laughs> so, no, he should have taken the gun and shot the burger. <laughs> I feel like the Lee Greenwood, that's what really sold it, right? Like, oh, absolutely. Yes. Without that, yes. I mean, oh, basically yeah. everything was in slow motion in my head, and I was just yeah. picturing it all happening. It was it was equal parts glorious and horrifying. That's right. And uh, you'll only hear our response whenever the show has been edited together, which okay. reminds me, um, I did not start the show by saying that, and you, you probably have not heard his voice also being horrified about the shooting. Oh, um, yes. Steve Lubitz is not here with us this week. He is off fighting crime like we always do when we're not uh, present for the show. And That's so true. we appreciate all of his hard work in fighting crime. Salty Steve saves the day. Salty Steve. So to answer your question, Georgia, um, you asked what it or would it have to be better than devices provided by uh, Amazon and Google, like the Google Home and the Amazon Echo, and then also what should we call it instead, which you're totally stealing from me because I already asked you that question. However, I will answer it. Uh, I, I don't think <laughs> that it has to. It wasn't on this podcast. <laughs> True. Fair. But, you know, Charles yeah, will know. Charles it. will call you no, out. I have no uh, qualms about it. <laughs> Um, good, good artists steal. I don't think it has to be better. No, uh, I think that people who are consumers of Apple's products, so maybe people not necessarily as steeped in technology as we are, and you know, we're kind of like on the cutting edge and are paying attention to everything and thinking about uh, weighing the pros and cons of all these different devices and being early adopters to things. But I think a lot of other people they have brand loyalty not just out of you know being happy with a brand, but out of comfort as well. And it does take a lot to kind of step out of that comfort zone and decide that you might switch to Android or decide to use a Windows computer instead or whatever it happens to be, you know, using technology outside of what you're comfortable with. Because that's why advertisers who sell like Dove soap are can count on people using Dove soap for their entire life. And like we buy the same brand of milk and stuff like that. So I think that this product doesn't necessarily have to be better than the other one because I would hazard a guess that people 
don't even necessarily quite know what a Google Home is or know what an Amazon Echo is. And if that's the case, then they hear about this one from Apple because they like the company and they like the brand and they know yeah. it exists and then they buy it. So I think that, yeah, it doesn't Let's also have to be remember, like Apple Music has been way more successful than people give them credit mm. for. Mm -hmm. And your entire iTunes account being there. You know, I'm not about to go throw away every song I've bought legally since the 90s and, you know, like move it all over to Amazon's ecosystem. iTunes is the secret weapon here, and it's frankly all I care about. So, yeah, bring it on. Okay, so so um, my, my basic thing to it is that they're creepy if they're always listening. So <laughs> that would be my thing is that I would be okay with it as long as they find some sort of way of like encrypting information so that something is not listening in at only point any point in time to what I am doing. Um, like, you know, if, if I'm, if, if, if such as you, Brie, like you don't want to have any incriminating evidence of having a Nerf war. In oh your my home. God. No, right? seriously. No. This is no, not, I'm not even joking. Yeah. My biggest fear yeah. is that, yeah. you know, something I'm saying, you know, at home to my husband, like would get out there in public. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We have a lot of products to get through, so we should, we should move on to some of the rest of them. Yeah, um, the only other hardware stuff uh, is that we could see some updates to iPad. Um, there's a very it's a rumor Woo! that is there's a rumor that has since uh, kind of faltered and failed to uh, I don't know catch the interest of rumor mongers or that maybe might not be happening. But uh, there is a chance that Apple could introduce a 10.5 inch iPad Pro at WWDC. So new iPad Pro at the 10.5 five-inch size. So there's a 9.7-inch iPad Pro and there's a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. This would fall uh, right in the middle and be, you know, more around the size of a piece of paper uh, as opposed to that bigger 12.9-inch size. Are we thinking this is going to happen uh, from my little uh, caveat there? Uh, you can probably tell that I don't think that they're going to announce a new iPad Pro at WWDC. I, I don't think so, but, you know, um, if you haven't been following Apple for a while, you know, Gruber, a few years ago, he would do this, John Gruber during Fireball, would do this trick where he would know something was coming and he'd like drop a hint and say like, oh, I think they're going to come out with X. And then they'd come out with X exactly. And he very publicly said he wasn't going to do that anymore. Um, what I think is very interesting, though, is he's really been talking a lot on his uh, three-star podcast, <laughs> the talk show. That's what he calls it. And uh, and other things about a iPad Pro with a uh, trackpad built into it. And I just kind of read in the tea leaves and think he may have, you know, that product ready to go or have heard rumors about that product rather. So, uh, yeah, I believe that there's going to be some big push at WWDC to be all about the iPad Pro and enhancements there. Uh, and I think it's only a matter of time before we get Xcode on iPad. Ooh, there's there's a claim. There's a claim. Uh, Georgia, you going to get a new iPad? I think I heard you say, yeah, no. No, no, I'm not going to get another iPad. I don't use, like, most of the iPads that I have right now. Yeah. Like, how many, like, I have, I have my Air that, that does most of my work. I have my MacBook. I have my phone. Uh, the iPad, I have it sitting, it's actually plugged in. Like, usually it's, it's a cemetery of dead iPads <laughs> that are around. Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's actually plugged in, and I still don't use it. It's plugged in. It's in on one of those uh, really awesome float your tablets 
So it's just sitting there. It's great. I don't even have to hold it. And no, don't use it. It just, I don't know. It just, it's there just staring at me sad. It's the same for me. It's like, is my uh, iPhone dead? Yes. Okay. Well, is my MacBook dead? Yes. Okay. Well, is my iPad working? And that's when I use my iPad. So (laughs) when nothing else is plugged in or, or Brie, tell me if this is the same. And Micah, tell me if this is the same. If nothing else is closer. Yep. Yep. Um, I actually don't go. fall in the same boat with you, friends. Really? I uh, I just have one iPad. I have my 9.7-inch iPad Pro, and I use it a lot. I genuinely yeah. use the device. I don't use it every day, uh, but I use it multiple times per week whenever I don't want to be in my office at my desk. I have a laptop, but it's mostly connected to monitors, and so I, oh, I love... But if you had a portable laptop, like an Air or a MacBook, something very light, would you still be saying you would be picking your iPad? I mean, my MacBook Pro is very light, but I just don't, I don't want to take, I, I remember we disagree on this, but I love the clicky feeling of the of the iPad keyboard, ooh, the the, the case that comes with the keyboard built in. <laughs> uh, oh, the, the, the one that's the uh, mesh. Yes. Mesh, uh, great you kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The great mm. you one. Maybe, you know, mm. I think ultimately I just enjoy being tortured that I didn't say that's that. That's why you're part of this podcast. <laughs> Indeed. I think we all are a bit, what is it, masochistic? That's it. That's some it. Of us. Some, some of us. George is not like, me. not me. Uh, and then last but not least <laughs> is that there are going to be, this is hardware-wise, that uh, Apple is going to be updating its MacBook lineup. So not the iMac and not the Mac Pro, haha, but the MacBook lineup is allegedly going to be updated at WWDC, and it's not going to be that big of an update if there is one. Um it's got KB Lake, dude. That's gonna be a huge upgrade. Sorry, sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. There aren't going to be multiple things updated with this. It's going to be a processor upgrade across the lineup, and this seems to be pretty doggone true because there's a lot of smoke, and we know where there's smoke, there's fire. And Apple's been pushing shipping dates and other things as well. So yeah, are we excited? Are we gonna get VR on the Mac? Fi- or yeah, on the Mac finally? It's, it's not gonna be enough to get VR. On- <laughs> Mac, but yeah, a hundred percent KB Lake. The difference in KB Lake and you know the last gen of chips is the difference in just like some piddly Nerf Jolt and the Nerf Nemesis, which I just fired. So this is going to be a, a huge <laughs> CPU upgrade. Um, honestly, the reason I've not bought a MacBook uh, since 2013 is because no KB Lake. Uh, and you know, even the 12-inch MacBook is going to get KB Lake, which is going to really improve the battery life. So, uh, you know, it's it's well past time, and uh, this is definitely going to happen. Sweet. All right. I just want to hear, last but not least, unless we have some other thoughts, I'm curious of, of all the platforms. You can go iOS. You can go macOS. You can go tvOS. You can go watchOS. Uh, pick one of those and tell me a feature that you want to see come to the platform. If you have multiple, that's great, too. Oh, boy. Uh, honestly, there's nothing Apple could put out that I care about more than uh, encryption and privacy. I mean, part of it's because I'm running for office and I'm so hyper uh, you know, security conscious these days. Uh, I'd like to see... I'd like to see if they bring out watchOS, I would like to see them uh, kind of uh, introduce a next-gen Apple Watch. It's time. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time for them mm-hmm. to put out something that doesn't look like a, uh, you know, a Big Mac on your wrist. Like, it's that thick. Like, <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's, Bree's let's hungry because new. Frank stole the hamburger. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> 
She's looking at her watch going, Hamburger on the brain. Oh, oh, hamburger. Hamburger. Yeah. 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 Big Mac. Um, I would love to see the SOS feature on my phone and also on my computer. SOS feature? To be able to phone emergency services. Oh, I didn't tell you, Avery. So I'm, I'm uh, putting down the carpet in my home. Oh, no. I have a feeling I know where and, this is going. And uh, so I'm putting it down and we're laying carpet, which I don't know how to do, which you should not do this if you're not a professional. Anyways, whatever. I thought that I could do it. And so we're like laying down carpet. We're like this, this and that. And then suddenly I hear, ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, what? What? I look down at my phone. I am calling emergency services. And it's like calling emergency out and it's counting down. And I'm like freaking out. And so I'm tapping everything. I'm pressing buttons. I don't know what in the world to do. And I'm panicking. Anyways, and then it's like finally I, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like a, like a $300 fine. I thought it was $150. It's actually $300 fine here if you call emergency services without an emergency. I'm like, I'm going to have to punch Anthony and pretend there's an emergency. So I have to pay $300 because emergency is, is free if, if there isn't. Like we just have to gr- create something. Anyways. Um, so it's a loophole. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Create an emergency. <laughs> you got to. It's three hundred dollars. You know what you do is you just throw your iPhone on the floor and you stomp on it, right? Like you just crush right, it. Right. That's gonna well, be it was cheaper. My what? Yeah. It was my what? It was yeah, exactly. So then I finally calmed down enough to to realize that um, I called emergency service and it said to to press uh, press down hard for like five seconds or something like that and it'll cancel it and it did and then I'm waiting because I'm thinking they're gonna call. <laughs> They're going to come to the door, and then I'm going to have to, like, Anthony, we're going to I'm going to have to punch it because, like, he would be arrested if he punches me. So I'm like, we don't have any choice. Sorry, Anthony, you have to take the bullet. Anyways, and um, luckily, uh, they did not show up. I canceled it in time. But that's what I would like to have on my my phone because I think that that would be really nice for people that don't have a watch. And I would like that to have it also on my Mac because when you're panicking and there's an emergency, it's nice if there was some way to really make sure that, like, you know, everyone's around that knows that you can um, call emergency very easily. Yeah, if folks don't know, uh, on your Apple Watch, you just hold down the side button. That's that longer button on the side. until lay the carpet. <clears throat> yeah, lay carpet first until the screen pops up and it shows power off, medical ID, and emergency SOS. And when you slide that, it contacts emergency services and it also contacts whatever emergency contacts you've put in. And then I believe it also displays your medical ID information. So if you've got allergies, and things like that, then uh, emergency services can know about it. So it's a pretty handy feature, and I agree. It should not just be on Apple Watch. It should be on all the different platforms in case you don't have a watch and you need those things. This episode of Disruption is brought to you by PDF Pin from our friends at Smile. Can you hear me smile when I say that? PDF Pin equips you with everything you need for more powerful PDF editing. And we have some great news. The new PDF Pin 9 is now available, and it is the ultimate tool. Ultimate for editing your PDFs. You can upgrade now to PDF Pin 9 to go totally paperless and enjoy over 100 enhancements that will improve your PDF editing workflow. PDF Pin 9 comes with some great new features. You can add notes, comments, and cloud annotations to your PDF documents, and even fill out and sign interactive PDF forms. Access annotations and their content in the sidebar and copy annotation content as text. And you can also find and highlight all instances of a word, which is super 
super useful, along with being able to remove OCR text layers, which sometimes get all bungled up, and create links to other PDF files. You also have the option to export in grayscale and to JPEG, PNG, and 1-bit TIFF, but not GIF, sadly. PDF Pen Pro 9 enhances table of contents editing and now adds OCR for Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. With PDF Pen 9, you can edit your documents wherever you are. You just use iCloud or Dropbox for totally seamless editing. You can get everything you need for more powerful PDF editing by going to smilesoftware.com slash disruption. Thank you so much to PDF Pin from Smile for their support of our show. We love you, Smile. Amazing. Love you. Thank you. So let's talk about Mark Zuckerberg as president of the United States. Bree, does that uh, freak you out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. You know, when when literally the villain in House of Cards that's worse than Frank Underwood is like the person based on you. Like you should think about that if you want to run for president. Like this is what House of Cards is about. Like uh, Frank Underwood is going up against uh, you know this person that starts a, a tech company that's into searches and has so much freaking information on the electorate. He's able to like manipulate uh, you know his message to like trick people. And Facebook has way more power than that. So you know there is a huge conflict of interest here. In case you don't know, like we're talking about the story where Mark's. Zuckerberg has uh, gone through every single state in the United States. He's very weirdly like people will get calls like and they pick up the phone. They're like, hey, somebody that's head of a tech company wants to invite themselves over to your house right now. Do you want to do that? And then some people actually say yes, which I can't even understand. And then Mark totally Zuckerberg, yes. yeah, yeah. And then he just shows up and invites himself over and turns it into a photo op, which is weird. That's really weird. And very clearly, <laughs> you know, he's he's trying to turn his image into being like a, a modern day Carnegie, right? So, uh, yeah, there's a huge uh, potential for abuse here. And what gets me even more is, you know, Micah, I was talking to Mike about this. Uh, you know, the thing that really upsets me is... Facebook is on the wrong side of everything in the tech industry. Like if you look mm-hmm. at my policy True. positions, True. I'm all in on encryption. I am all in on privacy. I am all in on regulating how people can sell your data. I am all in on like looking at the dangers of companies like Facebook. Facebook yep. is against every bit of that. And the role yep. they played in this last election in getting Donald Trump elected, I mean, imagine how scary it could be if – I mean, all they did was sell on their hands there. Imagine if their reasoning was like to give themselves unlimited power over the United States. So I think it's horrifying, and I could not even support it 1%. What do y'all think? In this uh, Mike article that uh, Bree is quoted in, uh, it says, Facebook has undeniable influence and monopoly over the news we consume. And they quote, as of eight, uh, as of 2016, 1.86 billion, that's billion with a B, monthly active users. That means people who keep signing in and using Facebook. And according to a report from Pew, more than 40% 
of adults get their news from Facebook. That is, oh, that's so frightening to me. Uh, There's a lot of news that uh, hits Facebook. And the sad thing is, is that news that gets more engagement is the stuff that becomes more popular. And the stuff that gets engagement is the stuff that uh, twiddles with your brain parts, Um, (laughs) that messes with the parts of your brain that deal with fear and also deal with pleasure. And uh, people who put those posts on Facebook know that. And they, you know, will obviously go for more controversial stuff and stuff that ends up being not true than anything else. And that is why when Bree says thinking of him in power is fairly dystopian, that's why I absolutely 100% agree with that. Because if this this company that already is like, I feel like everybody I know has shared a screenshot of Facebook to show that relative of theirs, and it's something terrible, and the relative is saying horrible things about people, and it's like, we all know that it's out there, and the fact that Facebook has that level of control is really friggin' terrifying, and they already have that. So putting him in the presidency, that does not sound like a good idea. Now, Georgia, of course, if Mark Zuckerberg becomes president, he will also take over Canada. So this does affect you. What do you think? <laughs> also take over Canada. Um, we we love Justin um, <laughs> by and large. I, I think that would be uh, tough. We'd have to see their handshake first. Um, I, no, I think that I think that exactly the, exactly the same way that you and uh, Bree feel. I think that he's done a whole bunch of things that show that uh, he would do things that are kind of unethical. Um, you know, talking about privacy and encryption and. It's it's a it's a bad precedent to have people that are in control of the same media that they're going to be then using to to you know I think that there needs to be separation between the a person that's a president should want to do that for the good and I know this sounds so Canadian uh, <laughs> to actually create good in the world and for the people and do that as a service not to do it because it would be and I'm not saying that that would be his reasoning to it. But he's already, in my mind, shown questionable, questionable judgment and putting his company above um, people's privacy, and that's a huge issue to me. I have an interesting question, though. Ooh. If you had to pick one tech uh, CEO, CFO, some some head of a tech company, who would it be and why? Oh, God, that's a hard question. Where do you go first? <laughs> wow. I mean, I, w- I would say myself. Um, no, uh, seriously. Ellen Powell. Ellen Powell, former CEO of Reddit. Uh, I differ with her on more than a few things, but she is uh, measured and reasonable and thoughtful, and I think she would make an excellent president. I really, I really, I do. I like Satya Nadella. I do. Um, I, I think that when Satya Nadella came into Microsoft and uh, took over, it, Microsoft got a lot more inclusive and got a lot better about, uh, it was just a smart way to take the company where before there was a sort of elitism and a, we aren't putting anything that we have anywhere else. When Satya Nadella came in, he like kind of put a hug around the rest of the world and said, you know what, we're going to be, Microsoft is going to be for everybody and everyone. And we saw some really interesting products come out of that company since he took over. So I think that, you know, that innovative lead of the company coupled with that more inclusive um, uh, way of doing things proves that, you know, 
that, that could potentially be a good person in power. Um, I'm sure I people want to give you a little say, pushback on that, Micah. Do you okay. not remember oh, oh, the, the comments? No, no, no. A little bit of pushback. <laughs> like, do you remember the, the comments where, uh, like, he basically, a woman asked him what he thought oh, people pay, and he told Ooh, yeah, her, that was bad. you know, just do your thing, just do your job, just shut up, and good stuff will come to you. Yeah. Um, now, now, let's mm. be fair, because I I agree with you. His, his um um, you can't judge anyone off any one single bad comment. Uh, you know, I've been wrong on race stuff in the past. And I would hope people would allow me to grow from it. And I think if you look mm-hmm. at his tenure over Microsoft, he has done things like introduce mandatory unconscious bias training. So I'm just saying I I just have to give you a little bit of pushback because of that statement. But I yeah, agree that, with that's, you largely. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. Back in uh, 2014, in fact, that's whenever that comment came out. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but yes, yeah. uh, certainly no one no one can be. But I think both of those are really good. I'm they're sure both, people expected – Someone probably expected some one of us to say Tim Cook, but I simply could not because I I don't see Tim Cook as uh, a country leader, a leader yeah. of a country. I wouldn't. I don't actually. I didn't see Tim Cook. I was expecting someone to say Elon Musk. Interestingly enough, I have my own thought to this. He scares me. Um. Uh, <laughs> um. I I think I would like to see um, Bill Gates. Hmm. If, uh, there was anyone just because he's he's really uh, spent a lot of money to save people's lives. Yep, uh, that's the, a really the good numbers point. are like at uh, like 122 uh, million people that he saved. Uh, he really does try to do good, and I think that he tries to look at the bigger picture. And uh, I think that he would do some good to it. But I think they're all good choices. He also seems think, incredibly uh, approachable. Yeah, he has a, mm-hmm. you know, he's spoken about our need to tax the robot that takes your job. You know, just That's today good. I was uh, posting yeah. a picture of a house that can be 3D printed for $10,000, which wow. is great. Except you figure out how that's going to you know, devastate the manufacturing sector. So I would right. very much be in, in, in favor of a president that understands the need to progressively tax those you know, automotive technologies. So mm-hmm. That was a really good question, Georgia. I like that. Uh, are we ready to... This to one move? I didn't steal from you either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are we uh, ready to move on to the next topic? Yep. It just so happens to be about Facebook and how it may (laughs) very well be bad for your health. Uh, Again, what the study that we're about to talk about, it was not a causality study. And in fact, most times we can't quite prove that one thing caused another. And because they've not done longevity on it, they cannot yet. But in the peer-reviewed journal Behavioral Brain Research, a study was published that showed a link between Facebook use and reduced gray matter volume in the nucleus. Accumbens. Now, what the heck does all that mean? Well, the nucleus accumbens is known as, to some people, to most norms, as the uh, the reward center, the pleasure center of the brain. Now, apparently, uh, all these very smart people call it the seeking system of the brain. But uh, the the thing that they noticed is that people who this was uh, forty six men and thirty nine women, and people who used Facebook a lot more often, who opened the app and checked it out a lot more often, were were more likely to have a smaller amount of gray matter in the nucleus accumbens. So they don't know whether it's that Facebook is causing that gray matter to shrink or rather that 
the gray matter is smaller and therefore we're seeking more reward. We're seeking more likes and comments and things like that. And so because we have less of it, we go to Facebook for a little bit of a hit. But that is something that they hope to look at a little bit more. And yeah, I mean, I know that you know, the internet and especially these likes and things like that can lead to uh, behavioral addictions, Georgia. That's the case, right? Yeah, it does. And it's, again, you don't, we don't know if people that are, um, I, I like, I don't think that it would be, uh, and we need to study it more. Cause it's only a five week uh, study. So, but I, I don't think that it's, it actually causes damage to your reward center. I think that doing anything that causes a quick, fast reaction reward is just not good for you and, and creates up to addiction and a need for that. And, and that could be anything. So I think that they use, like, you know, they use Apple, they use Facebook just because it, it grabs more posts and likes to that. But there definitely is an issue with being on social media and seeing everyone else living these great, wonderful, fabulous, amazing lives. And you're feeling down already that feeds into that need of I'm not good enough. I'm not doing well enough. Look at this person doing this. This person's so happy there. Look at how beautiful they are. And then so it, it feeds into the uh, negative darkness of depression already to that. And so I would say that though this does not actually say that it's going to make you, um, you know, have, 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 you know, feel even more depressed to it because of damage that it's doing to your brain. I think that that's going a little bit too far. I would say that looking onto social media, one, you're not going out and doing other things. And two, you know, that comparison that you constantly go through to Facebook, and I have a lot of people come in and talk about that feeling of, you know what, everyone else is living a better life and I'm already hard on myself. And now I, you know, I'm even worse feeling after that is true. And I see that happen in my um, sessions often. Yeah, uh, I think that's like part of what makes Twitter so dangerous. And I'd be mm. lying if I didn't admit I was completely hooked on it. Um, but right. yeah, it's like a dopamine cycle. Like you tweet something, get the reward back to it. And yeah, yeah. it's like a competition of negativity, unless Coffee is the uh, <laughs> subject of the day. Oh, I forgot Other I was going to call that, you Brief Fe. That's right, Brief Fe. <laughs> You know, if it's not that, it's just very, very negative. So I, I'm right there with you, and I'm completely guilty. So, Instagram, uh, I think we actually talked about that on this show. Instagram has been the subject of several behavioral studies and in you know published in peer-reviewed journals because it has one of the highest occurrences of the publishing and posting of. Um, imagery that is related to eating disorders and the quote-unquote thin spiration, so fat phobia and uh, dieting in an unhealthy way and all of those, you know, everything that's sort of in that category of uh, body health, it, it, it comes up quite a bit. And there are posts that, you know, are praising bulimia and praising anorexia and encouraging those things. And because of that, Instagram can be a gauge. It's been shown uh, in some studies that it can be a gauge of uh, one's mood, one's overall mood, and whether they are potentially in a dangerous place 
mentally. And those those tools can be used to kind of reach out to people and help them if it seems like someone's in a dangerous place because of, you know, maybe the posts that they're liking or the, the things that they search for. And so it's clear that, that social media, whatever it happens to be, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, like I am also addicted to, and it's like you close the Twitter app and then suddenly my finger's tapping to open it again, even though I just closed it. Uh, these things do affect our minds. And that's kind of what this study was about. It was just one way to look into how our brains and our uh, way of living is affected by these, these different outlets and inlets. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so important. And it's kind of, it's a little worrisome that you know, there aren't a lot more studies, at least, that get publicized enough for us to see them because this is stuff we have got to know more about as we mm-hmm. kind of uh, work with our kids and our kids' kids on uh, the future if, you know, climate change doesn't kill us first. Uh, uh, <laughs> I uh, <coughs> Almost all of the girls and, and uh, men, young men, young women that I work with that cut themselves um, – I would say like 90% or more have gotten the idea either through a friend or through Instagram. And um, it's, uh, there's, there's full groups of people um, posting imagery of themselves cutting. And, um, and I remember uh, having someone that had said that they were, they felt bad about themselves because they couldn't cut deep enough mm. like one of the people that they were following and um, came in to see me at one point with a lattice on their arm. Oh, God. Uh, and, uh, and they were, they were um, because it, it was deep enough and they were proud of that. And so there is definitely, I think that in a lot of ways, social media is wonderful and it can help us join to things. And I don't blame Instagram for creating the pain that people want to release and the thoughts that they want to stop that they use cutting in order to deal with. But it, it is a cultural phenomenon and it is definitely fed by other people's ideas of this is what I do. And so someone else in distress thinks this is what uh, someone else can do. And it does feed it. And you, you want to be, um, you know, checked in with what your, you know, teens or young adults are kind of doing on social media. And I, I think that it would be a good thing for Instagram to not have... Um, and it's a it's a slippery slope, but not to have uh, information out there that um, encourages people to hurt themselves. And I guess in a way, I'm talking about censorship. But I, I just have to, to see say, that Georgia, breaks my heart like, too. I I did cut myself a lot as a teenager. I I did mm-hmm. just constantly. I still have scars from it. And I I mean, I'm just speaking from my experience. But it was like. It was because, like, something inside you hurts so deeply that feeling a physical reflection of the pain, like, Mm -hmm. makes it feel better. So I don't – I mean, granted, the age I did this, we didn't have social media, but we certainly had, you know, MTV and the beauty standards of MTV and I I don't know. I mean, I could see Instagram amplifying it, but I don't – I would imagine in my limited, you know, 
layperson's understanding that it's not a root cause, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that it causes it, but I think that it um, people are so wanting to be a part of something, and a lot of people that cut feel very isolated and very hurt, and so they want to be part of something where they don't feel judged, where they can talk about it, which is good. Yeah. Um, but it's it becomes something where you compete um, against other people to be who's a, a true versus a oh. non-true cutter. Oh. And that is, um, you know, that can become a really dangerous game to that of, of you know, now I'm I'm actually part of the club versus this person mm. who's just posing as that, and it's just the amount of pain that I see through that. It's um, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a, a really good solution to that because I I think that censorship by and large is wrong. But yeah. I think in this case, I don't know. It's just it's such a it was such a horrible, painful thing to see, and for the families that are going through it as well. Yeah, yeah. Next time I talk to Instagram, I'm gonna. I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation. We should we yeah. should definitely be having yeah. a discussion about that. I guess like I know we've got to close out the show, but I I would just say one thing. You know, I'm I'm in my late 30s now, and one of the things that's really freeing as you get older is and I'm talking more about women, I think. Um, but I think that, you know, from the moment you grow up, we're all trained to primarily value women for looks and sex appeal and all of that. And at least what I found, I'd love your opinion on this, Georgia, is like the older you get, the less you base your self-esteem in the superficial, and it becomes more about the friends you surround yourselves, mm-hmm. the career accomplishments you have, um, you know, a, a good marriage, maybe it's family. All, all of that is ephemeral. And the mm-hmm. most miserable women I know are the ones that kind of hang on to the superficial throughout their 30s and 40s because it's, I mean, it, it doesn't last, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I would say... I understand the culture that makes you value women for this because I was beyond inculcated to it myself in my 20s and early 30s. But it does get better. And Mm -hmm. it's not, it's just because society has taught you to feel that way. It doesn't mean it's true. No, I think that that's beautifully said. And and I absolutely agree. I think that, um, you know, in the end, uh, the shells that we wear are just really the shells that we're carrying. And if we're lucky, we all end up uh, grape-like, uh, sorry, raisin-like, <laughs> yeah. grape-like. Yes. Um, and that's wonderful. You know, I will wear my arm flaps with pride um, and uh, feel myself like a sugar glider at one point, and uh, that's okay. Yep. I, I think that more media, we need to have more older women, different looks, different body shapes, and, um, you know, that's that's what I think is, is really beautiful about when you start to realize what really matters versus the things that don't matter. Yeah. The problem is, is if you kind of hold on to it and you can kind of get stuck in a tailspin because then as, you know, skin loses elasticity, everything kind of changes and then all of your ego goes out along with it. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. <laughs> uh, was the heavy show. <laughs> I vote we skip the uh, listener question today until yep. Steve is back next week and we close out the show.
Yes, uh, I was going to suggest that as well. So it sounds like we are on the same page. Uh, for those of you who have sent us questions, we will be addressing those next week. And if you would like to add your questions to our list, here's how you can get in touch. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can call us at 508-418-3532. Or you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me. If you would rather keep things private, you can send us a direct message. And as always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we default to anonymous. If you're looking for the show notes for all the stuff we talked about this week, you can go to relay.fm slash disruption, or you could just look in that podcast app you're using because the links are probably there. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at www.chihuahua.coffee with all the links you might need. If you're looking for Steve, he would tell you you could find him at Wicked Good, where he's probably telling talking about Hearthstone. And if you are looking for Bree, where can we find you? I can find me at Space Cat Gal, which is the awesomest Twitter account. It's great. <laughs> and last but not least, the queen of the dash and the underscore Georgia Dow. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on anxiety-videos.com or, of course, um, on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. Beautiful. Okay, do I get to close the show since Please Steve is gone? Please do. do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> and I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men that died to give that right to me. And Okay, that's enough.